Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of whiskey, the show of butchering, the show of the military, 9-11. This is a very interesting conversation with beverage director at Juliet, Jeremy Campbell. He grew up on a farm. He learned how to save money. He was making money at a young age, and he has probably some of the most rigorous and respectable work ethic of anybody I've ever talked to. Just for example, lifting bales of hay clear over his head on a 2,000-acre farm. It's pretty brilliant. It's pretty brilliant stuff. And we get to talk about whiskey. We get to talk about Juliet. We get to talk about some of the other great things happening in Austin. We, just in time for Negroni Week as well, Jeremy is so wonderfully shared a Negroni Sour on the menu there at Juliet. And it is a beautiful rendition of the classic cocktail. So I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Jeremy Campbell. Yeah, it was pretty great. What? Hey, this is electrical. Yes. How much damage was there? I mean, it sounds like they're going to be out of out of work for a month or two, even. Fuck! Is so, that destructive? Yeah. I didn't know that. So I'm not sure if it happened while they were working or after everybody had gone home. But yeah, sounds like a lot of damage happened. Man, you can—it's just like one of the worst night plumbing, right? Water leaks, everything's mm-hmm. fucked. Electricity. I mean, I'm just glad nobody was hurt. Yeah, you know. So from what I understand, it was four hours. Was that was that right? Four hours of just night? Yes. rough and tug. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, Insane amounts of. Yeah, and you know, you know, speed rack. And yeah, you for get that sure. Whole concept, and so this was a. This was a practice round, pretty much for them, oh, okay. for Speed Rack, because they, they are the Texas finalists yeah, going to New York here in May, and they, uh, oh my God, Madeline, that girl just crushes it. Her, yeah. Her speed and intensity, um, I worked with her four years ago. and uh, Where, where were you guys working together? Pache for a minute. Oh, no shit, okay. But yeah, working with her and seeing her, how she's evolved yeah. these days is just incredible, how she kill anybody probably as far as <laughs> speed and craft it's well I, you can take on any guy here and, there is there's no doubt there yeah <laughs> there is this because I, I sat down with her months ago now and there is just this intensity yeah. and I'm, I'm like where did you get so intense like the, was, she's always been intense it, but that's don't, funny because it's like no no and I, <laughs> because i think about what makes someone intense like Lee Marvin, right? And I talk about Lee Marvin. Right. Lee Marvin's fucking intense. But why? <laughs> Probably because he lived lived like a very, very rugged exactly. life, taking lots of punches, drinking lots of whiskey. And for at least from my recollection of my conversation with Madeline, it was like this spontaneous thing that just somehow shot through her and she was immediately like totally serious and like really focused. And so I love that because it's like a superhero, you know? She she's always had one of the strongest personalities that I've ever seen in a in a female. And uh, it really attracted me to her. Yeah. Um, right off the bat, when I first met her, and it also turned a lot of people off in a lot of ways. What do you, what do you think it is? Just about just people being assertive, or I mean, exactly. God, God forbid, a woman she, being assertive. She, exactly, and that's it yeah. right there. 
them taking a strong female. Yeah. Um, you know, and then she went to Australia for a little mm-hmm. while, and I think it really helped balance her out and humble her in a lot of ways. And then she like got heartbreak the, will do that. Man. Got into yoga. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, she came back, and she found that balance between her assertiveness and just hum- it humbled her yeah. in a lot of ways. Kind of warmth and stuff too. Absolutely. She's still. I mean, I when we were talking. I was talking to Philip earlier. Mm-hmm. They're not even like midway through their 20s really yet you know and they're yeah it's actually kind of scares me like what are they going to be able to achieve you be able to make things levitate like that's how much talent they have now look at them at like 35 i mean it's gonna be insane difference you know but so it was a good time i hear everybody what was it they kind of bid it was like auction style on the round so uh they would make each each female would make four drinks yeah for each round so there are eight cocktails being auctioned off and the bidding would start at $20 $20 for all four cocktails. Gotcha. And it would go up from there. We we started out in the beginning of the competition benefit at maybe $45, $55 for each round. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up getting up to $180, almost $200 for four, drinks. For That's four cocktails. Uh, raised over $2,000 Amazing. four hours. And per- perfect. And it just seemed like everybody was there to support Absolutely. it. Really, really fast at the towns, and which is a great spot to do it. Absolutely, too. you know, uh, Justin's got a great pro- program there. A good mustache, you know, typically. <laughs> <laughs> I give him shit all the time about it. But. Well, so from what I understand, and I understand very little, I, I'm gonna be very honest that my dossiers on people are really built on yeah. things I can Google, right? So it's easy, it's yes. easy. Don't come in cold. Don't come in cold. <laughs> but I was reading. Are you? I don't. You're not a Texan, right? You grew up in Michigan? Michigan. Yeah, which is crazy because I yeah. lived in Canton for a while. Okay. Yeah, it was a shocking thing to yeah. go into the Detroit I'm the, Museum uh, and hearing gunshots and stuff, you know, yeah. when you're young. I could imagine. Yeah. Luckily, I, well, not luckily, but I, I grew yeah. up in northern Michigan, four hours north of Detroit. Oh, cool. So up a, the, 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 the top, atop the mitten part, upper peninsula? Actually, right below the bridge. Oh, is it really? Yeah, okay. right below the bridge. And, uh, on a 2,000-acre family farm. Oh, amazing. So, What kind of stuff do you grow on a farm in Michigan? So we, we started out uh, in the cattle industry. Uh-huh. In the mid-90s, the beef just plummeted. Uh, so we got out of the cattle industry and went all agriculture. We started uh, growing hay for oh, okay. uh, horses. So very high-end hay. We started a trucking company as well. Started shipping down all of our hay to Florida. Hmm. Uh, started, why, why Florida? Just a big meat? That's where people have money. I see. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, there we go. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, um, and plus they didn't have the product that they needed right. in Florida readily available. So, um, yeah, we, we started shipping, shipping down there, uh, started feeding the Budweiser Clydesdales. No kidding. Uh, uh, SeaWorld, Bush Gardens. So you are born in Michigan in, on this, yes. on this two, 200, you said? 2,000. 2,000 acres. I mean, that's an insane amount of land. Yeah. Were your folks, like, were they, did they grow up agrarian as well, like kind of farming? They did, yes. Similar kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, industry, meat and everything? Yes, they were, uh, they, my grandfather had uh, gotten a nice chunk of money in the oil industry ah. and just ended up buying up a bunch of land and uh, still had um, assets in oil as yeah. well. But then, uh, yeah, we ended up turning it all into uh, forestry. And then uh, farming. Interesting. So, do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. Uh, three. Sorry, two sisters and uh, one brother. Older, younger? I'm the oldest. Okay, you makes know. sense. Yeah. So you had to. I, I just imagine, like, how much did you have to work on the farm? 
I started working full time in the summers when I was eight years old. Yeah, I figured, right? I, I was driving tractor at eight years old. It's fun though, um, kind of, oh, isn't it? No, it, it was. You know, and I very much uh, adopted my father's work ethic. Yeah, and uh, I loved it. You know, I wanted to wanted to work, and I was like, you know, I'm making three fifty an hour at a, as an eight year old. You know, That's I'm, pretty good, right? <laughs> I can't. I was making shit at eight years old. <laughs> exactly. I was like. Making more money than anybody else in my class. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I certainly wasn't driving a tractor. I don't know if yeah. anybody want me driving a tractor. So then, uh, and this was right when computers were, you know, had their big heyday, and yeah. the internet was becoming popular. How, how old are you now? I'm 30. Okay, so yeah, this is right around 19. Uh, you're talking eight, 1994. Okay. When computer, oh, yeah, I'm doing my math. Totally when <laughs> everybody started getting a computer in their houses, yeah. and Gateway was a big thing. Oh yeah, for sure. So I saved up and bought a, bought myself a Gateway computer because you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because those things are not. It was pretty no, yeah. expensive at that $3, point. $3,000. Yeah. And yeah. then you look at it now and it's like we pull out our phones and it's really the same thing. This is old man talk, I think. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking but, about. But were you the first kid to kind of have a computer? Exactly. I mean, it's your computer. My own computer. That's Absolutely. That's great. And, and then, then, probably and then like, like two years later, then school started getting computers. Mm-hmm. So at least where I come from, I'm sh- which is a very rural, rural area. Yeah, yeah. So, What's the city called exactly? Johannesburg. Johannesburg. Okay. Johannesburg. Um, it's outside of Gaylord. Okay. Um, that's probably the closest town that anybody yeah. has ever heard of. Around there, I graduated with 42 kids in my class. 42 kids? 42 kids. Did you get to ever step... What's social life like outside of kind of working hard all the time? That's the thing. Uh, as a kid, I really didn't have much of a social life unless it was sports. Uh-huh. Um, Would you, anything that you played particularly? I was uh, I played pretty much every sport. Okay. Um, football was my my main sport. Offensive. Uh, I was actually offense and defense. Okay. I was gonna say, well, so, there's only 42 of you. Absolutely. They gotta make you play. <laughs> like you're the quarterback and the cornerback. No, it's like, funny. I was a I was a beefcake when I was in, in fifth grade. Really? And that's okay. when I started. And uh, they had me playing center. And then it just kind of kept evolving, evolving. In uh, seventh grade, I shot up, went through puberty, and. I continued. They kept me at center, and then mm-hmm. also a defensive end. I was quick, skinny, fast off the ball. Yeah, and I could was taking on these four hundred pound nose guards across me at a hundred sixty pounds. Yeah, but I was quick enough to get down there and just take take out their knees and then pretty much fall down. Man, ball ran on top of me more or less. Yeah, <laughs> what's it's funny because it's like you were wide and then you grew tall, but you didn't. It just all kind of like sucked up right exactly that's how it happens you know you yeah. grow into that well and especially when you're working on a farm and lifting hay bales all your life yeah you know my i had the best good. deltoids in the family exactly <laughs> yeah so. just like just total you know lateral lifts it sounds like maybe there's good makings here for like entrepreneurialism and kind of ambition because you get you got money i always wonder like did your dad want you to follow in those footsteps and he did of- he originally had planned on i believe he originally had planned on me doing that and i had originally planned on it yeah as well um, you know, it was probably once I got into the restaurant industry when I was 16, that mm. probably started opening my mind to new things. Yeah. And then, uh, after, after Iraq and I was also in the military, yeah. um, that kind of got this whole idea of checking out new places in the world and traveling and we're, so when you, so cause I'm trying to like, add, I always add this stuff up. It's like, I'm, in other words, I'm writing your book. Right, so <laughs> of course I'll make nothing on it, but you'll make everything. It's good. <laughs> so at that point, though, because you said you started working in restaurants at sixteen, like busing stuff like that. Yeah, I was busing and uh, 
busting dishwashing and making pizzas uh, in the back sounds of pretty good oh yeah i mean oh, yeah 16 years old and i i had more work ethic than any any kid they've ever seen uh, well i bet i mean at eight you're buying you know you're buying a computer when you're young you're making yeah. through 50 like no one can mess with that yeah. which makes me wonder so when you're getting out of high school and everything was college ever on the radar or was it something that you're just going to keep working you know when i was in high school it was all about sports yeah pretty much for me that was i was like oh, you know I've, I've got the farm I'm yeah happy with that and then i started bartending and i was like wow you know i've got this extra money too yeah yeah and uh high school i didn't focus at all girls and <laughs> girls and girls, hey. girls and sports. Hey girls yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh i did end up uh by the end of it wanting to i pursued criminal justice interesting at okay. first and then uh when i'd gone to college for a semester decided to join the national guard mm-hmm. uh figured it would help me with my resume as far as being a police officer oh is it so that was the ultimate goal no, that was the goal right, at that point um, yeah no it makes sense yeah really. and then uh was uh deployed a couple of times and deployed to iraq for a year and a half in the coast guard no in the oh, army. Sorry, army 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 okay. yeah, army national guard and uh when I came back, uh, it had completely did a 180 as far as my political views, yeah. what my whole vision was on life. How long were you out there? In Iraq? Yeah. A year and a half. That's quite a while. Oh, uh, yeah. So, especially when you're there. It, yeah. And it, it's when you're about to go home, that's the longest. You're just, and you're still going out and getting blown up and just like, oh, man, you're just hoping that you're so close. You're yeah. so close. And that's like... The most anxiety you'll ever have in your life just anticipation and like exactly. trying to get out of there like, i mean i can't like do just simply do we have any idea just being white guys i mean me no. right like we don't have any idea what no, it's like absolutely but, not yeah. i mean i i had no idea and i thought i did um it's not until you get there and you meet the people and you smell it and feel it and yeah just live it i mean it's it'll change your life do it'll, you feel like you said your political views changed when you came back. Yes. Um, would you say they went more conservative, more liberal? Definitely more liberal. Yeah. Much more. I guess I'd be wondering why mm-hmm. I was out there. I don't know. I mean, it, that's a whole different conversation. But right. like, you got to question it. I would question everything. Yeah. Right? Because it's like you're there. It's God to a much lesser extent. It's like anything that we consume, we don't really understand. We just take it for granted that it comes from this place that smells this way, that's made by these people, these personalities, and then... You know, once you could dig into it, you're like, holy shit, this is actually pretty tangled. There's a lot of things at stake here. Coming where I was born and raised, I did not realize uh, how much money was being wasted and uh, yeah. how much corruption there really was out, out there. I was very much a, a huge patriot, and uh, not saying I'm not a patriot, yeah. but like when I when 9-11 happened, I was like, okay, it's my civil it's doodle con- to yeah, sure. yeah, go out there and do something for my country. And yeah. a bunch of my... Bunch of people that went to my school also joined the military for mm-hmm. the same reasons, and I think it's probably where we came from. Um, very much a blue collar. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a noble reason, yeah. right? Like, as if you if you ever needed <clears throat> a reason to do it, like that that would be the biggest reason ever, you know. And and it's I man, it's so weird because again, like you look at the the country and kind of at a top level, thirty thousand view, thirty thousand foot view, and you're like, yeah. Blue collar people are the ones that go to war, and it's like it's fucking messed up, man. It's yeah, just, it, is. it is because it's like, well, rich white kids. I mean, they're not they're not going. Nope. They they want to keep driving and doing cocaine <laughs> and let their parents buy their way out of stuff. So, I mean, that's pretty telling of you, right? 
you're working hard on the farm, you're making money, you're busting everyone else's ass in terms of work ethic, and you're like, I've got this duty as well. Yep. So how, it, man, did you ever think about it uh, for, in terms of it paying for college and things? I know yes, that that's, I mean, yeah, that was also another whole idea of it. I mean, yeah. my, my parents weren't paying for college for me. No. So, um, my sisters, who, they, my parents made sure they paid attention in school. They <laughs> Why? Why yeah. them and not you? you know, I think it was just a, the whole male thing in, yeah. in the family. You know, you're going to grow up and run this farm. That's right. So, man, well, it's, it's <laughs> you guys, I mean, are they still living in Michigan or do they come? Yeah, everybody's, everybody's still in Michigan. Except Very cool. My, my sister's, my youngest sister, she's mm. going for a doctor right now. Oh, no kidding. be more proud of her. That's so, insane. That's great. Yeah, she's done amazing. What kind of, what field? Uh, actually nursing. Nursing. And, okay. um, but neuro. Very, so. very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, man, it's, it's, do you ever wonder like, well, why did you ever feel like maybe you wanted that route instead, instead of that, all well, that responsibility well, you know, on your it's, shoulders? It's funny when I came back, well, it's not funny, but when I came back from Iraq, the, the time that I felt like I was doing the most, I, just sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I felt like I was getting the most out of my life was when I was helping people yeah. that were injured. Um, so actually, when I came back, I dropped out of criminal justice and went into nursing. Oh, okay. So went to nursing school for about two and a half years. At the same time, I was bartending and managing a, a very large chain restaurant. Oh, really? Choice. Nice. Yeah. So many people come from Applebee's. Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. It's oh. all of it. But Chile, I'll tell you what, El Presidente, El Presidente oh, yeah. Margarita. I'll tell you what, that's uh, the first time I ever used fresh fresh lime juice. See? In a, in a cocktail. Chili's is groundbreaking in their yeah. own way. Exactly. For sure. But did, so were you, <laughs> did one kind of start then taking a preference over the other because you're doing managing, helping people in, in a way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nursing. And uh, I'd always loved bartending. You know, bartending was, you know, you're kind of the cool kid in, yeah. in school um, compared to the servers because you can engage your customers in a different way than you can as a server. Absolutely, yeah. So I started just revamping kind of Chili's bar program, mm -hmm. uh, setting up their bars to become more efficient, and then like multiple multiple locations. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So just really got into it, and then uh, just, that's when I it really sparked my interest. Is you know, what else is out there? What else can I do? Yeah. What other ingredients can I play with? And then I started going to different different craft cocktail bars that we wouldn't even consider craft cocktail sure, bars sure. today. Yeah. And then uh, I visited Austin once, fell in love with it. Uh, what, what went, went to East Side Showroom. Oh, yeah. Wow. Was that the Dressel <laughs> days? Was, was it that back then? Or uh, this was Chauncey. Oh, okay, okay. This is Chauncey. Yeah. So visit visited there once, and uh, Chauncey was the first bartender that I met, and I was just blown away. What, what brought you down to Austin in the first place? My cousin had oh, just really? moved down here, and I uh, was visiting him. And, uh, yeah, he showed me around town. and Sticks with you, man. Yeah. It's like a mistress, isn't it? Because you go back and you're still thinking about it. Like even when I'm not here, I still think about Austin like that. Oh, so romantic! Right? No, my my first experience in the sixth thing, sixth street. Were, yeah. were awesome. Yeah, so, they're they're totally yeah. awesome at that point. Like how, how old were <laughs> when you got got back from Iraq? I was 22. Okay, I turned 21 over in Iraq. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And then so then your early 20s, man. The world is your oyster kind of thing. Yeah. You could do whatever. And then are you traveling a bit for the Chili's gig? Kind of doing going to other just, stores just in stuff. Michigan, yeah, yeah, just in so Michigan. Cool. Yeah, who would have thought? But yeah, then I uh, then I got married, 
uh, okay well this is good this is a good stopping point for a second (laughs) (laughs) so you you've so wonderfully brought up a couple cocktails now what i understand because we're here at juliet and it's a beautiful patio man it, it really like the foliage is really nice and green. It's very open. There's parking, which is also really nice right. down here in Barnes <laughs> And you guys are very much, is it classic or would you say modern Italian? Modern Italian. Yeah. Fresh made pasta. Everything's fresh. Stuff. Amazing. Absolutely. It smells great yeah, too. If, if tomatoes aren't in season, we won't have tomato on a dish. Love it. It's so. great. So then your task, man, being the beverage director for, for Juliet, right, is you have to mirror that same kind of seasonality, I imagine, Absolutely. right, with the cocktails. So... And I looked at the menu, you've got like a fine kind of level uh, Negroni blend of stuff. Lots of different Negronis, a couple other cocktails, lots of wine, which is great. Absolutely. Biggest challenge there, developing that menu? I mean, is it difficult for you? No, I don't don't think it was difficult at all. I mean, I I just, I got a lot of inspiration actually at this place. Yeah. it is that way, right? Like that, especially into that especially with Italian spirits. Yeah. There's so much out there and so much history with Italian spirits. And vermouth, fortified wines. Um, there's just so much of a palette to play with. Sure. Um, so many colors that you could paint. And, and literally colors, man. All yeah. of them are. Oh, absolutely. Got so many different colors. I mean, you know? Some of these cocktails that we're creating are absolutely beautiful in flavor yeah. and in imagery. I love it. Because you've got one that's up. Well, actually, they're both up. But one that is perfectly clear. Yeah. Brown. And then the other, which looks... I'm not. I'm, I'm not even gonna guess because I'll be wrong. But so, so yeah. So which ones are we looking at? Here? All right. So the one that you're looking at right there is the Negroni Sour. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. So egg white. Egg white. Yep. Perfect. So it's gonna be your classic Negroni build, your one one one, and then you have simple mm. lemon egg white. Man. And it is, it's like a creamsicle. <laughs> it's been one of our most popular Negronis out there, besides the classic Negroni. Oh man. Yeah. The egg white, basically. What you do? Is you've just managed to by using that fat, you've brought everything together, and there is no sharpness. It's perfectly exactly. round and sippable, and it's a one-one-one hardcore drink. Yep. I'll tell you one thing about the Negroni. For a long time, this is when I was younger. We're trying to like prove to ourselves we can drink like <laughs> classic drinks. Right. The Negroni being like the perfect example. And so there was a time and place where I was drinking Negronis, and I remember I went to visit my parents up at Dallas. We're at this like kind of nice Italian place. And I order a Negroni. Server has no idea what I'm talking about, mind you. <laughs> but I get it. They make it. It's all right. And then my dad comes. He's like, oh, what are you drinking? I'm like, a Negroni. And then I toss it over to him. And he's like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Yeah. So this this is such a wonderful and accessible Negroni. It's man. a great, great segue. Totally good. We also have one that's called the La Petite Negroni. Mm-hmm. And we call it Baby's First Negroni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is uh, vodka, Aperol. Oh, okay. And uh, some Coqui Rosa. Coqui Rosa. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. Man, it's really good. I'm, I know I feel real selfish here to sip in these cocktails. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, please. So you you get to for. jump in for sure here. <laughs> and then this other So this, uh, this I call it the Golden Fiore. Okay. Or Golden Flower. And it is... Uh, Green tea infused scotch. Which scotch? Uh, using famous grouse on this. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. What kind and, of, uh, well, keep going. Sorry. M- Mila chamomile grappa and Dolan Rouge. That's such good, man. Yeah. And uh, orange bitters. Wow. It is, you would, you would think with those ingredients that this cocktail would be astringent and yeah. heavy. And it is so light and refreshing. So, so and that chamomile yeah. comes through, man. It's so punchy. It's beautiful. This has been the most like eye-opening cocktail for most of the my guests that have came in here. Mm. Like, Scotch cocktail in spring? That's... Holy shit. Still spirit forward? Yeah. Yeah, really. It's it's spirit forward, but very lovely and light. Absolutely. You'd be, 
Well, shit. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this again, that I feel very lucky to be in this position. I get to drink these right. But they're they're great. You did a great job. Thank with you. It, man. And I can't wait to, we'll, after we'll, we'll try a couple others. Absolutely. We'd we'll love for you to try some more. So, Austin's calling your name, but you said you got married. So, we both did it once. Because I, yeah. I don't think you're still married. I, I'm nope. not going to guess. Nope. I don't think you're nope. But I did it. I got that one out of the way and just tied it up. The second one, which is the right one. There you, you go. Know, to Alex Trebek. That's Howard Stern. Second one. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead, dead serious. I'm like, if, if it's good Alex enough. Stern, thank you for making that. Because <laughs> he always says that. Yeah, he had absolutely. Alex Trebek on. Yeah. Like, they're both agreeing. It's like, yep, the second wives are the best one. It's Alex fucking Trebek. Yeah. Like, no other guy you'd rather drink scotch with right. than him, right? So if he's yeah. going to stay loyal, I would... forget about it. Perfect. So was that, how was that? How did that kind of unfold? unfold you know it, it's uh we actually we had a really really like crazy story we uh we actually kind of grew up a town apart from each other and mm. our families knew each other we grew up as we were actually baptized together no my shit. ex-wife and i yeah wow yeah um and we had uh grown up we would see see each other at weddings where our families had known each other mm-hmm. so all all our lives growing up we just had we're, would dance together and just have this and like, think nothing of it, right? It's nah, like, oh, exactly. it's that girl again, yeah. and have this like, like young crush on each other. And then I remember, like, we were in eighth grade or something, and it was another wedding that had brought us together, and we uh, ended up like going to uh, going to a, a track because the hall, the the hall, our yeah, yeah, town hall, town hall, where <laughs> people would have their wedding receptions. Was right next so to so quaint, isn't right? it, Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> was right next to our uh, high school track. Oh, okay. So okay. we went. We went to the track, and we just we sat there under the stars, and uh, bleachers or no bleachers? No bleachers. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Just under the stars, and uh, you know, talked for hours, and uh, you know, that's when I really thought I was like, wow, was, I love this girl. How How old were you then? Teenager. It was eighth grade. So oh, oh okay. So it'll be fourteen, fifteen. That's fourteen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but that's still. I mean, that's a. You love a lot of things at 14. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but there is no, I mean, that is not coincidence. I mean, that's supposed to happen like that. Right. You keep running in and, in and out, you know. Oh, we, hadn't, uh, we hadn't seen each other after that. That was the last time I'd seen her in years. And then uh, it wasn't until after I came back from Iraq mm-hmm. that she actually got a hold of me. Really? And we, uh, we had met up in Grand Rapids where she was living. I was living in Lansing at the time. Oh, okay, okay. And... Uh, we uh we just hit it off right off the bat. Sparks flew like nothing ever us. changed, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, it was a very fast engagement, and we were married very quickly after that. Um, I I still love her. Yeah, she, she's an amazing amazing woman. Uh, she actually still lives here in Austin. No shit. She managed. She, she's a manager at Lambert's actually. No way. Yeah. Oh man, too like that's too close, <laughs> too close for me. My ex wife moved out of Texas. I'm real yeah. lucky. Like, no, yeah. we're, we're we're still friends. That's good. And. Uh, no, I, uh, so is it, so it, it was just, we, we should have been friends. You know, yeah. that's, that's pretty much it. We, Would, was there something, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't want to make this assumption, but coming back with this kind of lust for life and probably some sense of like, I'm so glad to be back in the States were you just seizing everything, you know? Yeah. Mo- yeah. There's definitely a lot of that. And that's probably why I got into riding motorcycle a lot too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Getting married, motorcycles, you know. And uh, we also had almost the, she was a sociology major. Mm-hmm. So we had the same political views after I came back from Iraq, too. So everything's kind of locked, lining up. Exactly. I mean, it, it, all, it all sounds like it's t- totally the right time for everything. That yeah, was great. So how long were you guys married? 
Uh, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And so you said she still lives here. Does that mean you moved here together? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did. She come with you to you said showroom too, or is that just a yeah? You? She was there as well. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. We actually, oh, <laughs> we we say it's not the reason. We just kind of like the name, but we named our dog Chauncey. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told Chauncey that story. <laughs> man, Chauncey, you've been going wild on people's legs lately, man. You know, is it, well, maybe it's maybe very uh, in the spirit of Chauncey. Absolutely. Being well, I mean, I'll tell you what, those are some phenomenal cocktails yeah. that I tried and that really opened up my mind to Austin and what the cocktail scene was doing down here. Yeah, it's a and, huge, huge yeah, at that point. Absolutely. And I moved out here and with the idea of doing culinary, mm-hmm. uh, running restaurants, and getting into bartending. So, so it makes a lot of sense, especially at that time. Absolutely. So what year are we talking, like 2000? It would have been 2000 and as five. 2009. Nine, yeah. No, no, sorry, 2010. Huge, though, yeah, at that point. Absolutely. You know? So you come down Peche here. Peche is big right now. Yeah, to- and, yeah. totally. So Peche, um, well, you got, like, Shangri-La and stuff if you right. want to go get, get cocktails <laughs> and, you know, be young and shit. Yes. See Bill Murray, right? Which is actually happening. But you are down, so you guys are totally totally aligned, like, we're going to go to Austin, for yes. sure. And where'd you end up? What was your first gig here? First gig was Malaga. Oh, okay, okay. Started working at Malaga back I remember that. The wine bar, was that before they moved? They had a... So, yeah, they started out, they were in uh, Peche's location. Yes, that's right. And yeah. then they moved to 2nd Street. So, I was working at the one that, their new, their yeah. new location. Uh, started working back at the house with uh, Alejandro, the head chef there. Yeah. And uh, before I knew it, I was a uh, sous chef. And actually no shit. putting uh, dishes on the menu. Really? Yeah. Which, because if I recall, tapas, right? Tapas, yeah. yeah. And then uh, after that, I started working with the bar program. Yeah. Started introducing them into fresher ingredients, and uh, yeah, just kind of revamped their whole setup in there. Yeah. So, well, so what is it about spirits that ultimately, or rather, like a bar, let's just say a bar program, yeah. that is maybe more interesting than just food? Because you could have just stayed in the kitchen, like you, you're saying, you're sous chef, you know. You know, when I when I was going to culinary school, the thing that I was that I'd say I was probably the best at and I loved the most was mm-hmm. making sauces. Ah, yes. And the mother sauces. That's exactly what we're doing as bartenders. Which can, can I ask you which sauce you particularly like to make? Because they're fun. I screw oh, them up all the wow. goddamn time. I can't make a hollandaise to save my soul, basically. Ooh. I can see the shocking look of despair. Like, ah, oh, how do I get it? Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have a favorite sauce. I mean, it yeah. depends on the dish. Yeah, for sure. Depends on the dish. Just like I can, it's hard to, for me to even say oh, my, yeah, my favorite cocktail. Depends yeah, on the day. It's a punk ass question. I know. <laughs> I do. I duly know it. I completely understand. Yeah. But it's but but that's the thing I think that's really interesting. It's why I like mole, for example. Oh. Okay. Because mole is a cocktail. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I judge my Mexican restaurants on their mole. That's right. I go to a restaurant. I'm like, can I try your mole? That's right. Like, just <laughs> I, I'll get something else. Like, I'll get a margarita and a side of mole. Yeah, absolutely. But because it is, in a sense, it's a cocktail. It's just it a really different is. color and a very complex sauce. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Been, have you had the mole at Fonda San Miguel? I haven't. I haven't even been there. I've heard that's, so many good things about it. We we're going to go one, one day, and I guess it didn't open until 5 p.m. We we're going to oh, go. Shit. Yeah. That's the one. That I, I just keep thinking about. Even okay. when it, well, Mex- well, Hawk is great too, obviously, but like in town, yeah. to be able to go get one that's just oh, so delicious. So this makes sense then. It seems like a real logical evolution. You think about Absolutely. sauces, Very progressive. balance of flavors, yeah. but for one particular goal. Because like a sauce, it can exist on its own. What do you want to put on? Veggies? Okay. Meat? Yeah. Okay. But the sauce is the cocktail. 
It really you think is. It's about a binder. It. It brings everything together. Yeah, it totally is. So what was that first foray you're helping? You said Malaga? I always pronounced it wrong. Yeah, Malaga. Yeah. yeah. And then you... Uh, they after didn't that, have a full bar, did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, okay. Did. Uh, most, it was mostly focused on wine. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, probably a hundred bottle. That's not bar. bad. Yeah, still. not bad. Pretty good. Absolutely. And you still had a lot of flavored vodkas and stuff there. And Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're still around, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> There's a place. There's a time and place for Absolutely. everything. You know? Absolutely. And so did you Did you ever kind of, were you the bar manager? or? Yeah, bar so then I kind of took on the position as bar manager. And That's like, a lot of people don't make that move effectively from the kitchen to the bar, do they? Yeah, I, I, again, I'm just going to pretty much credit that to the work ethic that my father kind of instilled yeah. in me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fucking, okay, so this is a good point. How do you feel, I think it kind of is parallel to this concept of celebrity, too, in in America, especially, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this one thing that's so extra special, everybody's going to give a shit all of a sudden. Yeah. And then you didn't work for it. It's like American Idol, right? Oh, yeah, Dave Grohl having big yeah. beef with it, me too. But so, how do you feel about, I'm sure people that have worked for you in your career, that really, really are eager to just jump and kind of climb that ladder, but they really don't have the basic work ethic to do it. Do you see that a lot? I do, um, especially with this generation that's coming up uh, right underneath me. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, the bartenders that I, that I have that are that generation that are underneath me um, are not that at all. Yeah. But then I see some of the servers that I've worked with that are very much that don't have any work ethic at all. Yeah. Um, do you feel like... It's your uh, your place is probably the wrong way to put it, but do you think that it's in some sense like one of the things you should do to be noble, frankly, is set people and really encourage them to work hard? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a hard a hard battle, but I can't understand where we where we've gone from. You know, you'd be here at this time, yeah, um, or this many minutes early is on time yeah right that right. whole kind of idea or even showing up to an interview on time or Dude, that one i don't get yeah. why would you ever be late for an interview <laughs> it's like yeah you're, seriously i'm sorry you're, you're not getting the job yeah you didn't even show up on <laughs> yeah. time for like this is special for me i'm here you know interviewing you don't get that one at no all. not at all and uh then just the excuses and, but the team team that i've created around me is been absolutely phenomenal and i feel like they understand the work ethic that i expect from them yeah and most of these guys they um some of them have came from bartending or even uh a couple of came from managing mm. spots um well you know larry miller's even yeah larry team. and he's That's probably so cool he's i probably didn't realize he's the be- biggest veteran here yeah oh um, yeah and uh but you no know, even he showed up a couple minutes <laughs> late a couple times i'm like Come on, man. Yeah. At least, at least, at least, text me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, no, so. but that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, right? Like someone holding. I'm not like you know Iron Fist and yeah. that, that kind of guy, but it, it's really important to be on time to things. Yeah. It is because it really is revealing of one's character. It's important to open doors for people. It's important to be on time. Yeah. You know, but it's your you've got this opportunity, and I imagine like the culture of you, like is going to just permeate the, the people that work for you. I mean, They're it's gonna, it's done well for me uh, all my life. Yeah. I feel like it's gotten me into a lot of places. It allowed me to move into positions mm-hmm. much more quickly than anybody else. Because you're reliable. People look Absolutely. at you like, we can, we, we can give this to him. He's going to be able to handle this. Absolutely. You know, and they don't ever second guess yeah. that, which is good. And I, I, the bartenders that I, that I have on my team now, I feel like I could leave and 
the place is gonna be fine that's amazing without me um that's i mean that's all you want right? yeah absolutely you, you can leave the keys to the yeah. castle the keys and, to the kingdom and, and, I, and i love i love that these guys are they just they thirst for knowledge and they want to learn and they see everything that we're doing and getting more involved in the culinary aspects and yeah. wanting to learn you know how, how do you candy something right yeah. that's a great question how do you caramelize something that's a good question as well so and they're like okay so we're, you know we get to learn something new every single week yeah um you know, how, how do we get to make the even the mint looks as green as possible yeah. and make it just really vibrant in a cocktail? And that probably wouldn't have come... Like, you having a, a sound culinary foundation is probably what gives life to a lot of these concepts. Right? Absolutely. You Especially with the, with the culinary aspects of it. Yeah. Um, making syrups, shrubs, um, balancing out cocktails. Have, other kinds re, of sauces. Refining the palate. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another thing. Um, you know, I, I, I want these guys, I want them to make cocktail. I want them to come up with their own creations. Mm. I don't want them just making something and then putting it out to a customer. I want them to come to me first with it. Right. And be like, okay, where, where can we go from here? You know, Absolutely. It, it's good, but what else can we do to tweak it to make it great? It's, you know, I, I taste these cocktails because I'm, you know, of course I'm going back and tasting these cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking, they're lovely, man. They're like really, you. really good. But the thing that I can tell and, and I... There's a lot you can tell by a cocktail from somebody, right? Yes. Um, these are really thoughtful, but not too overzealous exactly. or overthought. They're very balanced and very simple, but, but like calculated, you know? And when we were, me and Larry and I, we were just talking about this earlier. It's like we go into so many competitions where you see all these bartenders trying to make so many just obscure things. Right. All these obscure ingredients. And it's like, I want I want my cocktails to be transparent. Sure. And I, if somebody wants to ask me for the recipe for my cocktail, I'm going to give it to them. Yeah. If they want to go make it. If they want to even go take it to another restaurant and give it to them. Yeah, for sure. sure. Just you know, because you're maybe, not you're not ego. Maybe not call ego it maybe call it the same name or something. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> or like text me, say thanks or yeah, something. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but make it make it approachable for the consumer. But yeah. you know, make it so you know if you are going to do like a syrup, you know, maybe just do like a one ingredient in syrup. Right. You know, not. I don't know. I'm, I know. Not, no, I get it because I always make it. I always bring it back to the Beatles. I don't know. I don't know why. No. But it's simple. But why is it simple? It works. Is it simple or is it simple because right. it works? So I don't know. But like I always zap is the other end of the spectrum. Mars Volta, right? Yeah. There are cocktails that are like that, and that's good. Right. I like going on journeys every now Absolutely. and again. But if I want to have three of something at this exact moment, <laughs> you know, this this the way that you've subdued the scotch and allowed the chamomile to kind of really partner with it. Yeah. I mean. Dude, that's it's, I can sing that. That's a melody. I can keep that in my head, you Thank know. You. And that's a really, really important thing. Thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. It's great. It really did a good job with it. And so I'm curious then, like you're building the speed in Austin. Obviously, you're working hard. When is Pesce the next move for you? Yeah, so uh, actually, I started working with uh, Dwayne Clark over at yeah, Ch- Cherry Street. Oh shit! Okay. So that's where I kind of got my foot in the door with Pesce. Yeah, because it was Rob's one of Rob's ideas, right? Yeah, Rob and uh, yeah. Dwayne, yeah, they kind of did that together. Oh, I didn't so, realize that. Okay, yeah. and then uh, yeah, after that, went over to Piche for a minute, and then uh, took on the position at Gordo's Public House. Oh shit, the one uh, on the Lamar? No, there? yep, up on uh, South Lamar. Yeah, that's so. a great man. Food, God, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't even think. I, about I, those I, I never ate the donuts. But. <laughs> <laughs> you look fit enough. I imagine you didn't have a donut phase, man. 
they're delicious but oh it's like, yeah absolutely i hate myself so much exactly but that's, tell you what, we had had a lot of good whiskey though and good <laughs> yeah there's a great back bar there absolutely you guys had I, man i can't remember some kind of blackberry gin cocktail that you had at one point too at there one of the couple times i went oh what was that called um you, you know what i'm talking about i right? do i do know what you're talking about i can't think of the name right now i think you guys it, it'll come to me plymouth too i think which is mm-hmm. awesome which yeah. is a great thing to see that absolutely yeah you know, one of the things that influenced me personally very very deeply so like where is there to go because i'm getting the sense that there's probably not any challenge that's too big for you you know what i mean i'd be like well wh- when's jeremy gonna get defeated <laughs> when's he gonna get kicked down and i'm like i don't think it's gonna happen yeah. you have like this invisibility shield or some shit around you, you know? oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> i can't see it i'm just assuming it's there <laughs> i mean my I, w- I would love to own my own place and that's yeah. that's kind of the next move for me is uh owning my own bar concept and yeah. and restaurant concept bar restaurant but uh i mean that's that's where the money is it's in, it's in alcohol yeah. it's in spirits sure um, but i do still enjoy the culinary aspects of pairing cocktails wine fortified wines yeah. beer with food i mean it's a, it's a beautiful symbiosis it is right and it's it's yeah. weird because it's a different set of flavors that you'd have in a bourbon versus something that you would have uh, in food because food doesn't ever go that deep it doesn't ever go oaky you know, it doesn't go hot, like hot in that, that same kind of way. So it's it's cool because you get just this whole other chapter yeah. of flavors to work with that stuff. Absolutely. Any any experiences you've had food wise that you're like, man, I would love to do something like this. I always think of uh, well, ramen, but I can't make ramen. <laughs> I can't mm, can try. I, uh, I love oyster bars. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that and burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So well, no one's. Everybody likes that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And no, scotch and oysters, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oysters and bubbles, awesome. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I also love tartars. Yeah. Tar- raw meat, raw beef. Love it. <laughs> the farmer in you is like, I know where this comes from. Whiskey and like, beef. Yeah. <laughs> Blue collar Midwest shit, yeah. man. I'm telling you. Although you're more nuanced than that, yeah. but but still, you know. Yeah. Well, let's do something because we, I brought this. You're the first, and I love this. I was like, hey, Jeremy, you know, it's protocol. Do you want me to bring a bottle or do you want to get cocktails off the menu? Like, let's do both. Let's do both. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, wiser words have I heard today. Oh, thank you. So I brought this one. Oh, yeah, we got some water, which is good. This, you know, I'm a huge Heaven Hill guy. I love yeah, this stuff. Absolutely. Put out. And I can't wait to, maybe someday I'll get to meet Parker Beam. But this is the sixth edition of. The Parker's Heritage, which is so crazy every goddamn year. They do like this totally did a wheat whiskey last year. They did a malt whiskey this year. I'm not even sure what it's going to be. Um, I haven't seen the label for it this year. But anyway, so they're doing crazy stuff. So for sixth edition, they did a blend of mash bills at cask strength. And then this thing clocks in at 65.8. Love it. Insanely yes. good. Unfiltered, you can tell. And I'm going to let you. Well, actually, you, know, I'll, let me, you poured me a cocktail. Let me pour you this. One of, my, one of my favorite bourbons, William LaRue, and you're talking oh, just oh, so good. high octane, but you had it's so dish? balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Insanely good. It's beautiful. What's your bottle? Is there one that you can just always go to and sip? My my go-to bottle is Talisker 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's Isle of Sky, Island of Scotch. Um, nice nice peatiness, but an odd overbearing peatiness yeah. to it. Um Great salinity and great floral notes for the price. In my opinion, you can't beat it. It's, it's great. Yeah. Man, sorry, I'm getting a. a I'm, I've come under the 
spell of this fucker. And it is like, dude, at 65, I gotta put some water in there. Well, now, like, now I've got, you know, I think about all these other people I've met, and some work hard. Everybody works hard. Oh, yeah, don't let me interrupt that moment. How was that? That's beautiful. That's, <laughs> that's so well balanced. It's so good. Yeah. It's Thanks. not, it's got the perfect amount of oak on there. Not too grassy. Mm-hmm. It's very well balanced. Mm. Mm. You're right, though. It doesn't need a little bit of water to open that up. I swear I'm still a man. I promise you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like 45, 47 That's what I tell people. I'm, I'm like, yeah, normally I don't add water. Yeah. Unless it's like super high octane uh, cast strength. Yeah. To really open it up because it, it needs it. It does. And, well, and it does. It breaks stuff out of suspension. You get yeah. more creaminess. I mean, there's some scientific reasons. Absolutely. That, yeah. You want to see me put an ice cube in my whiskey, though? Ah, me either. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's not iced in the barrel. Exactly. <laughs> the warmer it is, the more flavor you get. Out yeah, of it. absolutely. So. You get that. And these are wonderful glasses for it, too. Mm. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, so, okay. So I, I suspect that. Are you thinking five years? Are you thinking ten years for like being able to open your own place? I can imagine. You could do it in two and a half years. I, I've got plans. There, there's something in the works. Yeah, there, there's something in the works. Do you want to keep it in Austin? So, for now, yeah. Yes. Uh, the first, first concept will be in Austin. Interesting. So, so multi, brilliant. Yeah. You want to get back there and cook again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why I, not? Oh, you want? Know here's here's kind of a. Funny story. Um, growing up on the farm, mm-hmm. uh, my brother was huge in the hunting. Almost not a lot of my family was was really in the hunting, but yeah. my brother just got it, got into it. And uh, what kind of hunting? Buck, bore, bunk, it, buck, or bull yeah, or okay. uh, buck and buck, bear, and coyote. Okay, coyote, or, no shit. Sorry, deer, white tail, not not just buck. Damn but, coyote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he had his own hounds and everything. Mm-hmm. Chase coyote, uh, bear, wow. stuff. But uh, yeah. Well, Hunting bored the shit out of me. Yeah, so, sitting in the same because you're sitting or even just like being out in the truck and driving around. Right, like that's not too exciting, right? Yeah, so especially when you're growing up and on the farm and everything. Yeah, I could pretty much open my window and shoot a deer if I wanted to. Sure. Um. So, but whenever whenever he would bring bring home any any meat, mm-hmm. I would always be I'd always butcher it. Oh, really? Skin it and butcher it. Where do you learn how to do that? You no, know, it's just the. Uh, Honestly, it's something I kind of taught myself. Mm-hmm. I uh, just kind of read about it, and then you know, my my dad kind of taught me a little bit, but then yeah. I think I kind of went a little further into it. Interesting. And uh, it was very meditative for me. Very pro- just process driven, like yeah, absolutely, yeah. just very primal and meditative, and uh, just being able to sit there and be just engulfed in blood and that smell, yeah. and uh, it it balanced me in a lot of ways that's so crazy man. yeah i mean I, that's it's good everybody i can see that yeah it, it's primal like you said i mean that's somewhere in both of us there's some gen, some genes right that, that we had to do that shit nope yeah and so he, would he always would he would like at some point would he bring bring in the deers and he's like all right here you go like Pretty just much, expect yeah. that yeah. you would do it <laughs> that's the dirty work literally you know he's like oh well you're gonna do this Absolutely. I, I loved it though yeah so, doing all that stuff and then just packaging all the meat and that was great but no, I, I love i love cutting yeah I, i've got a nice set of knives you know in my bar that i let my bartenders use yeah you know they better clean them and use them right yeah but they have to them. sharpen them too do you make them sharpen them or i actually do i do all the sharpening okay, okay i don't trust them to do sharpening <laughs> i think so that's what i was asking yeah yeah um 
but no, they do a good job cleaning the knives. But I, I enjoy, I enjoy working with knives mm-hmm. and just, uh, especially with butchering. And I could definitely see having something related to that. I mean, what are you bad at? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to find something, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're not bald. You're not fat. You've got good knife skills. You've got good foot taste <laughs> as well. So it's like, what is something that, is there anything that you think, like, I'd actually like to work on that? Uh, playing guitar. Oh, see, all right, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Did you do you actually play guitar? Or no. Just gonna dabble. <laughs> no, I've I've tried to picked up a guitar probably yeah. five times, and I don't have the patience for it. Really? Yeah. There I are just, six strings. That's quite a lot. I just you know I played saxophone in high school. Me too. Uh, alto. And, uh, alto. Yeah, alto sax. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, got all the ladies. I right? loved it. It was great. And, it is uh, good. But uh, for some reason, my fingers cannot play guitar for the life of me. But again, it's just some patience. I also, I also can't play golf just because I don't have patience. For yeah, not, well, who does? So. I mean, you're not old enough yet. I think yeah, I don't think <laughs> you're gonna be like in your forties and doing business deals on the fucking court. Close, close to being there. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, it's man, it's it's great, and you know, I, I think that we'll you know hopefully have a couple more cocktails down downstairs. Get to check out the bar, which is lovely. Still, that's really really good. I'm uh, very, I mean, very proud of it. Yeah, it's how long have you been here now? Since we opened, so okay, in July. Very so cool. I was here about a month before that. Did you did they up and did they recruit you in or was they, it they, they, they kind of poached they me? They courted you. Yeah, they kind of poached me. Um, I was before this. I was uh, the bar manager over at Windflow. Oh yeah, so, yeah. another That's Italian the, yeah, restaurant. Yeah. And so these cocktails are far superior, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Like I agree, years. and uh, you know that has a lot to do with uh, you know one of one of my mentors, uh, Robert Milliken. Uh, oh right, yeah. had kind of taken my. Uh, Kind of taking my craft even to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned a lot from Dwayne um, at Peche. Yeah. But uh, working with Robert um, and actually testing, sometimes testing a little too much, uh, the cocktails that, were, that we were making. Yeah. And, you know, we, there was sometimes we would make 15 cocktails with just little different variations mm-hmm. just to make sure it was we found the most balanced one. I see. And so, I mean, I kind of take this that whole concept in with any of the cocktails that i do here we i'll, I'll make 10 to 15 cocktails yeah. with different vermouths or you know different ingredients or different ratios and you know these ones might be good but it's that it's specific, that, it's that specific one. one you're like phil specter man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that no it's gonna be exactly this but again that kind of level of detail and just understanding it just the, even that one yeah. one ingredient out of balance can shift the whole absolutely. thing absolutely you gotta oh, go we, we had uh we had a bartender that I did not hire uh-huh. that called me militaristic. He, really? Yeah, first, because uh, you made him show up on time. That's not fair. Well, <laughs> besides <laughs> that, just uh, I could see when they were doing something wrong. Yeah, or taste it. You know, if they didn't have the right amount of bitters in there. Yeah, you could taste or, it uh, easily. Yeah, but they didn't. They were like, "No, it's fine." Yeah, like, no, that's not. It's not what we. What the hell? What we fucking do here? Yeah, we don't fucking do that. The, we you know? don't put out fine cocktails. Yeah, right. But I'll put, put out perfect. It's yeah. got to be perfect every time. The garnish has got to look good. Everything. If you got a, even if you got a crooked garnish, you better straighten that shit. Yeah, you know, man, military right there. <laughs> <laughs> you t- imagine you took to the army pretty well then. I, man. I did. <laughs> was it? Would you say it was fun at any point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, before I went to Iraq, I, I had a blast in the military. Really? And honestly, even uh, when I was over there working with some uh, special forces guys, mm. I had a. Those were probably the most rewarding missions that I went on were with these guys. But these guys were doing the missions that actually made a difference. Mm-hmm. The stuff where 
you could actually think for yourself. You weren't being commanded by some right. drone that is just getting these bullshit directives right, from right, some right. higher up that hasn't even been out on the field at all. And you can see the frustration mounting, <laughs> man. Yeah, seriously. That's what we got whiskey for. <laughs> <laughs> the great equalizer. And, uh, so were those guys are pretty, imagine really, really intelligent guys. Oh, absolutely. No, and I, I thought about it when I, when I got back from Iraq, I, I was like, either I'm getting out or I'm going to join Special Forces. Yeah. And uh, I decided to get out um, instead. And well, it seems like it's paid off pretty well so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy where I am right now. You think about uh, marriage number two at all? I'll tell you what, man. I've, I've got an amazing girlfriend right now. Yeah. It's the easiest relationship I've ever been in. Are you like kind of, dis- the, you're disarmed by it a little bit and you're kind of, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. These are normally really hard. Yeah. How, why is that? Are you, is she lurking in the back behind me, like ready to pounce? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, like when I was, when I was married to my first wife, I think the biggest thing was probably my work ethic. That yeah. was probably our biggest issue was that I work too damn much. Sure. And this industry, you have to. You have to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes one hell of a woman to marry a guy in this industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't see it happen a lot. No. There's don't. only a couple. Or can count. you don't see them last. Sure. And, uh, the girl I'm with now, she's in the industry as well. Oh, cool. Um, she, she's on the wine side. Perfect. But she understands it. She's very, very supportive. She doesn't like me being gone all the time. Right. Me working all these crazy But she's hours. not going to hold it against you either. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we also we also enjoy our alone time. So it's it's okay for us to go without seeing each other for two days or yeah. so. Or longer. If, you know, say we want to go on vacation separate or we've got some... She's got some wine thing that she has to go to. Yeah. And I've got some whiskey thing that I need to go to. <laughs> East meets West, man. Exactly. That's amazing. Well, that's good. I, I'm glad because you're not, you're not jaded about it. And I think there's so much, you know, even if you're orderly in a really, really process based, which is good because it's the only way to reproduce anything in a quality way is to do it exactly the same. Absolutely. Time, right? yeah. But they're still loving these cocktails, man. Okay. You know, like I, I don't, I hope no one ever says like, well, he's too, he's too, stoic he's too stern because i can tell that your your flavors and like the ways that you think about things like it's a very evocative and it comes through on this yeah. stuff yeah thank you it's really good really good it's been really a pleasure hanging out and chatting and everything yeah likewise so and thanks for you know, setting up some space up here my pleasure it's really good jeremy if you need anything man let me know for sure i'll get you i'll get you some booze man <laughs> yeah not a huge promise right oh, yeah. i've got about 50 bottles of whiskey and scotch at my place too, there you so. go see perfect man <laughs> thanks so much for chatting absolutely my pleasure well there we have it what do you guys think about the hard-working bearded beverage director of juliet in austin texas jeremy campbell he's got a great story amazing work ethic and also such a promising future in the industry he alluded to opening perhaps a few concepts here in the near future. And as Lush Life's The Bar Institute comes into Austin, Texas, June 13th and June 14th of 2016, you will get a lot of great personalities in town. You'll get a lot of bar matchups. You'll get some products, get to learn, learn, learn. And Jeremy is actually presenting a class on either the 13th or the 14th called Poker Face, making the right deals with brands, in parentheses, and making them work for you. It's about reciprocity with your distributors and building a great program. So catch that class if you can at the Bar Institute, June 13th and June 14th, presented by Lust Life. And I'm sure Jeremy will have an inspiring chat. We were just 
talking about slides today. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter if you're contemplating buying those tickets for the Bar Institute in Austin, Texas, June 13th and June 14th, do that. Buy those tickets. I'd love to see you. I'm hosting a class. Jeremy's hosting a class. Jessica Sanders, Omar, many of the guests on Show to V will be there to share their tales. No matter if you're thinking about buying those tickets or if you're thinking about going to the Townsend this evening to get a highborn martini. Please keep dancing.